Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 321. On this episode, we've got some renewal news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of The 100, Arrow, The Blacklist, The Flash, and Game of Thrones, plus some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 321. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. I'm Kyle Nolan from notaryruns.net. And I'm Ray. Hey, Ray. That's so weird seeing my name in the middle. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> well, last time Ray got all screwed up because she's used to going last. So, And I'm Ray. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just decided to uh, just go, you know, like alphabetical and uh, that worked out fine. So we'll just jump right into the news. A couple of things over the last week. Crackle has renewed Super Mansion for a second season. What is Super Mansion? Kyle, it's an animated show. I think it's an animated show about like superheroes. Did you watch or something? No, I didn't. I didn't see it at all. It came out, I think, back like right around. Um, it came out like November. Or, I thought it, it came out. I thought it came out in the fall. I don't even know where huh. Crackle is. Like you probably have to. You have to go to one of those streaming boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to I can't set, I something can't, else. I don't even know, but you just go to crackle.com. I can't set crackle on my TiVo, so, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> so that's the that's the problem. Yeah, animated about uh, wasn't it like a bunch of older superheroes or something like that? In a okay, I just thought that it came out last fall when it actually launched, like all the episodes or whatever. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail the news. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious what it was, and then. Next up, Netflix has officially ordered Marvel's Punisher to series and then also renewed The Ranch for a second season. Awesome. The Ranch is the one with Ashton Kutcher, right? Yes. Yeah. This, okay. I, I quit that one after the first episode, and it was a struggle to get through that first episode. I think maybe if it had been single camera, I might have been more okay with it, but... The laugh track just was made it Do even more. People are actually watching it, or is Netflix renewing because of the people involved? Just curious. Maybe a little bit of both. It's hard to judge those things. Like you don't really know, like how many people watch the stuff or what exactly. I suppose if they if they they put anything on Netflix and people don't stop paying their monthly fees, that's almost good enough. I don't know. It might be some about the people involved, but I never really heard anything. I know, I never like hear about it. it so. Once it was there, I heard like a little bit about it when it first launched, but didn't really hear any any talk or any, you know, even slight buzz about it. And if I did, it was more of the, that's not that good. But I don't know, I think almost... Hence why I'm asking, because that's all I've heard as well. Has there been a show that they haven't given a second season to? Uh, there has to have been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess if they have the money to do it, who am I to judge? I suppose that uh, some people watched. I didn't care for it much. It being a multicam camera or multicam camera. What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> multi camera comedy. Totally switch those around. A multicam comedy. Camera. Uh, it's comedy. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, it was a multicam camry. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't I didn't really have a problem with that, although except for the oddness of this minute long film slow, like old westery 
kind of uh, opening, and then all of a sudden, which feels like the opening to something that's going to be like single camera or something, or and then they walk onto an obvious soundstage and and start the show, and you're like, wow, that's a sort of a weird disconnect from the the opening credits to that. But I just didn't really find it funny, so I think I watched huh. the first couple, and uh, and that was enough of that. But uh, very interested in seeing what they do with the Punisher series. Are they going to stretch out that other like combination Defenders or whatever it's called and keep pushing it out, adding in more series? <laughs> I don't know. That that's the the one thing that does interest me is like is is Punisher now going to be part of that? Or is he going to be, like, in this world in the same area, but then not going to join him to to fight off, like, a bigger bad? I don't know. I guess with everything with the Marvel series on Netflix, we'll find out when they actually launch. I assume they have some sort of plan, but they're not letting anybody in on when it's going to be. Like, you, you know there's going to be... At some point, there's supposed to be a second season of Jessica Jones, but is it going to be before Defenders or after Defenders? Or, you know, are we going to get an it this fall like we got it last fall? Just like we got a second season of Daredevil at about the same time we got the first season? Nobody knows. No. We'll find out like a week before. Oh, by the way, here's a new season of this show. We just know that Luke Cage is coming and that at some point there's supposed to be an Iron Fist and I'm assuming that they're going to do at least one season of each before they do Defenders. I don't know. It's... I assume all of these have Marvels in front of the name, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just to make them really annoying to say. Isn't everything that's Marvel have that at this point? <laughs> well, Marvel's not... Agent Carter. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the one that's... That's sort of annoying is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then if you say ABC's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it just sounds really weird. Too many apostrophes in there. and uh, But yeah, I don't know. I I liked the, the Punisher in in the second season of Daredevil, so I think he made a, a good Punisher. So I'd be interested in checking out a series, no matter whether it ends up being part of it or just you know a separate thing. But uh, that's that's the news, and we'll move on to prime time. Prime time, and we'll also move from Marvel to DC <laughs> and, <laughs> and start up uh, with the Flash season two, episode nineteen, back to normal. And uh, Ray, we'll start with you. What did you think of normal Flash? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not loving <laughs> the Flash at the moment. All right, so this episode, uh, I'm sorry. I don't even know where to start with talking about this stuff. Uh, <laughs> that sounds bad, but um, Caitlin is over in, is that Earth 2? Yes. Yeah. Is that what that is? Okay. How is he able, when he says to her at the end, whatever he says about going, well, let's go er- conquer Earth 1, basically. Um, how is he able to travel between? Have, have because he has Barry's powers now. Well, apparently the breach that Cisco opened has stayed open. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. But I thought um, at the end he, he made it sound like he wanted to jump to even yet another Earth. Like, it didn't sound like he was headed for Earth 1. It sounded like he was headed... Well, that's what... 
he wanted to his idea was to start there was to head to earth one and that would be and then he could conquer right, like that would be just one that they were going to conquer they were going to move on to others after that that would be the next place to start since he's basically done what he's going to do on earth two so now go to earth one and right from what i it, it made it sound like i think there's a mention of it or whatever that the breach was still open or whatever I'm sure it probably is. I, I wasn't. I couldn't remember how when it got opened. Whatever. I just couldn't remember how that played out because clearly I've not been paying as close attention as I should because I'm just not really. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the storyline that I just can't seem to get as involved with. I was more well, I involved. I think some of it week, is is but... there's so much. There's like so much stuff that I'm not even sure that you can get it all, even if you are paying attention. That's probably true. Yeah, like I saw somebody posted a video that was trying to explain how time remnants worked inside the series. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. And it sort of makes sense, except for the fact that I shouldn't have to watch a five minute video outside of the series to understand how something works. I should just be able to understand it from the show I'm watching. Yeah, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head for me. Like, it's so, like, whatever's going on is so, like, convoluted to follow that I, it starts to lose my interest because I'm just like I just can't <laughs> like, I don't really understand what's going on <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a big proponent of not needing like extra stuff is fine for fun or to like to see what a writer was thinking or why they went a certain direction you know like after the fact or something but for what's going on in a show I shouldn't have to need supplemental information <laughs> Uh, to get like what's going or I shouldn't have to because sometimes in, in some of these things it feels like, well, if you were just a huge fan of the comics and had read like every Flash comic since they were invented, you would have all this knowledge of different things that have happened. And so you could uh, you could follow along. And I'm like, yeah, but most of the audience isn't that type of person. So, well, and they change things so you can't. It can't be a complete reliance on the fact that something happened in the comics. Well, I'm just saying that you would have the basis of all the different things that they've done in the different Flash comics as background to look at what they're doing now and maybe understand something like how, you know, so, you know, even if they go a different direction than a major storyline or something like that, it might be something, I don't know, I just feel that sometimes... Like, I've seen some of the message boards and stuff like that where people that are fans of the comics seem to think they know what's going on or whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, but I shouldn't have to – I shouldn't have to get an explanation outside of the show again, like I said, to find out what's going on. What do you think, Kyle? We all need to have five majors <laughs> and one of which is comic history in order to uh, understand what's going on. The the one thing I, I thought – like – you're wondering how Barry's going to get his powers back. I think Wells's idea, oh, let's just have another particle accelerator explosion, is possibly the dumbest option that you could have come up with. Because he's already seen, like, this guy, he, he literally just got kidnapped by this guy right. that was a victim of the last time this happened. Right, you're and dealing so, with the constant aftermath of the last one. <laughs> So, hey, let's do it again, because what could go wrong? Like, I think that I, they might try for a little more on a smaller scale and a little more internal. Yeah, but how do you control? Like, that's immediately what I thought. Like, what? Yeah. What? I don't, I don't know. That's, a, you know, science fiction-y science. They'll, they'll come up with a, 
you know, some sort of device. That is also my favorite thing is they're able to design and build these things <laughs> rather quickly, <laughs> even if they are really smart. It just seems like sometimes the time involved to actually manufacture the materials to build something would take a little longer. But I don't know. For me, I still like the Flash. I like, you know, some of the character interactions and some of the stuff that's going on. But really, some of the stuff, you know, like the whole the dude in the Iron Mask and all that stuff, like, you know, so who's in the Iron Mask? Oh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yeah, at this point, that one, that bit has gone on too far. Yeah, and all this yeah. stuff, like, once they do reveal it, I, it, it just feels like it's going to be a huge letdown. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be something you can believe if yeah. he told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, either that or right? it's going to be, well, it's sort of a weird thing. Like, it's going to either be some version of somebody that we already know or it's going to be somebody that we don't know at all and they're going to give him a name. And then how is that going to be? Cause all the comic fans, if yeah, you had done well, research, it will be something gonna... we couldn't believe yeah, that's <laughs> going to blow your mind because all of a sudden they're going to, you know, drop in some new character or new thing that, you know, hasn't existed or something. I don't know. It just, well, I feel like it's going to be either. It is going to be somebody we know from a, like from a yet another earth, but the person who's saying it, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, is talking from, like, talking to her doppelganger from another Earth. So, of course, I would believe you. I mean, I mean <laughs> like, that's where I feel like it's going, and I'm just going to be like, that, what she said doesn't make any sense back there, then. <laughs> Unless nobody else knows who's in the Iron Mask, and they just keep lying. As Killer Frost said, he only is keeping people around because he needs them, so it's something or somebody that he somehow needs, but yet... Also, somebody, I'm assuming that there's a reason, like, that there would be a reason that you would put a mask on them other than just to hide their face. Because who else exactly, for the most part, is supposed to be getting into your secret lair up in the side of the mountain? (laughs) Uh, And he, you know, and he hasn't, anybody else that he's been keeping, he hasn't put in chains and a mask or, or, you know, stuff like that. So... It makes you go, well... Is well, the person some- seems to know something because they every time he's trying to send a message, he's yeah. trying to say something to the rest of them, so... But it seems like to somebody, like... I don't know what he could know, is but... There, is the mask keeping... How to defeat him? Somebody's... Yeah, Sorry. is it keeping, like, that person's a, some sort of ability in check to have him in a mask, or... It's like, what is the purpose of the mask other than to conceal his identity for a big reveal down the road? That's the thing I'll be disappointed in. If the only reason, if legitimately the <laughs> only reason that the person in the mask has been in a mask is so that they can reveal somebody in a mask at the end of the, end of the show, that's going to be highly disappointing. Maybe it's the Black Canary and they're protecting her from doing her canary cry because she's oh my got God. the mask on. <laughs> and that's oh how God. they're going to bring her back. Oh. We haven't gotten there yet, Kyle. <laughs> I think so far we can we can pretty much go that it's a dude. <laughs> yeah, in the Iron Mask. Maybe they'll take the Iron Mask off and it'll be a woman, and we truly won't be able to believe it. <laughs> well, I think some of the thing, like I I did read that the same with the reveal of of Zoom is that. 
the actor never put on the suit until the episode that he was going to be revealed in. It was somebody else in the suit. And so it makes you wonder, like, have they just had random people in the Iron Mask because they haven't really decided? Or, you know, they didn't want the rest of the cast to know or they didn't want people to figure out, like, you know, somebody might catch a set photo of, you know, of what is his name? Teddy Sears in in the Zoom you know, costume, so they, they knew ahead of time, but they hadn't put him in. Uh, but some of that type of stuff makes you wonder, like, how much do they have planned out, and how much are they just waiting till later to figure out uh, what they want to do? I wouldn't be surprised at that, because, like, the same thing happened with that Arrow funeral. Like, they, they didn't know who was going to die when they did the opening thing. Yeah, they like basically, they, oh, that'll be a good idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, like and it didn't have, really make sense now. <laughs> like they have three ideas and then they're when they get close to actually filming that episode, they decide, okay, it's going to be this one because we think this is the most mind blowing of the ones we've got left. You know, that everybody's guessed these other two. So we're gonna go this other direction. I don't know. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's happening around uh, all of these things, you know, the whole giving up the speed and but yet leaving the breach open, you know, and yeah, yet, he, no yet he takes, he takes one person yet, uh, can't take a, you get that person back and then he takes somebody else. But now it's, you don't have your speed. You, you can't really, I don't know. There's been a lot of sloppy. <laughs> I don't know. And it, it also seems like you're like, wait, there's still four more episodes. So he gets his speed back, but then I don't know. A lot of, a lot of the season on both Flash and the Arrow, or on the Flash and Arrow, has seen like a lot of uh, sort of uh, you know kicking the can down the street, where oh we're gonna do this over here for a little bit, oh we're gonna get back to the main storyline. At least in the case of the Flash, the idea of Zoom wanting his speed to be able to cure him made sense for why you wouldn't kill the flash and why you wouldn't kill some of the people around him is because you're hoping that they'll be able to figure out and you'll be able to do it later. But yet a lot of these times, and yet that we'll, doesn't we'll, really... get, we'll get to, we'll get to arrow in a second, but the same thing sort of on arrow where the bad guy has a chance to basically wipe out his enemies, but for some reason doesn't and leaves them to still try and figure out another way to get at him. Uh, it's the over it's the overconfident bad guy type of thing that they seem to be going with uh, on the show that you know nothing could stop me so I don't really have to uh, really do you know certain but that's things. a very comic booky thing to do <laughs> I guess <laughs> so it fits with this type of show but over the course of twenty three episodes it feels very long. Yes, they really need to do, like, two arcs, like, two main arcs, like, one villain for the first half, one villain Agreed. for the next half. It would be so much better. They not. I mean, this season was also dragged down. Both shows were dragged down by the League, the Legends of Tomorrow people being introduced via these shows. Um, and then you have these things happening. It just feels like, I don't know. I have problems with both of them at the moment. I will say that I will be disappointed if Wally's Whatever it is he's working on for school, whatever idea it is he has for school, if it's not integral or a part of how Barry gets his speed back or how he is gets to be faster, fast enough to 
deal with Zoom, I will be disappointed if it's not a part of it. Because otherwise, why do you keep bringing it <laughs> why, up? Yeah, why do you, yeah, why do you keep talking about him and his project around something that's fast? Also, why do you not just tell Wally who Flash is? This is what I don't get, okay? It's a common problem. But especially after that person has been in danger because he is somehow connected to yes. your secret identity. <laughs> yeah. You tell that person your secret identity so in the future he's better prepared. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. There's, there's, there's always been that. And also when it, it seems to have been shown that he's trustworthy or whatever, he's not <laughs> there for He's some... living in the house. Yeah. You can't keep it from him. <laughs> Yeah, well, it also is, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's some of these things that, that happen where you just go, um, how is it that, I mean, we talked about that with the, a little bit with the Supergirl at the end and how, you know, maybe Cat Grant does actually know and she's just not saying that she knows. She's just continuing to pretend that she doesn't know. But if she actually doesn't know after some of the things that have happened, especially in the last couple of episodes, you just go, that makes a really smart character seem really dumb and that they have some of that type of problems when they don't tell somebody. And then there's no legit reason why they shouldn't, especially since they keep ending up as one of the people in trouble because they are connected to uh, the superhero. And once the bad guy knows who you are, (laughs) who you're connected to, and you know that, then maybe all your closest peeps should maybe get a memo (laughs) as to uh, what the deal is. My problem with it is it's such a, like, I mean, I get why they do it in comic books, whatever, but in these shows, it becomes so obvious very quickly that the show is so much better when it's not a matter of somebody, one of the people in the area doesn't know who your secret identity is because as you said, it just makes like, and in the end, that person just ends up looking stupid because there are so many instances where you're just like, how does this person not get to this? <laughs> well, how did Barry, without his powers, how did he disguise his voice? Well, he just like, used when some he was... voice box disguiser thing, you know, just to, you could tell it yeah. was a really bad. That's the official name of it too, Kyle. <laughs> you could tell it, you could, you could tell it was a really bad, like voice distortion you know, type of thing that he was, he was using. Cause you could still sort of tell that it was him. If More importantly, how did Barry without his powers run so fast over there in star city at the funeral? Anyway, sorry. Oh, that's a whole separate problem of them not airing episodes correctly. Yeah, but they took off time from each one. So they technically should be on track. Well, that's the thing is they're both – see, this was both episode 19, and so you would think that – Correct. Except that it apparently he doesn't get his speed back till. Yeah, but did did he have – did he run away in the very first time we saw him at the gravestone? Because were they committed to the idea that he <laughs> – I don't know. I don't – I think He so. definitely had his speed when he ran away from the gravestone. The, but did they show that the very first time? I, yes? You mean the – I think so. Oh, like you the mean first way time back. we saw this scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I think so, but that's the only thing I can think. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think is that they were committed to the idea of it. Although I thought that they were going to do something. Like, I thought it was going to be the reason he missed the the funeral in the first place. I mean, I don't understand why he cares enough to come to. (laughs) I thought it was going to make for a really good reason of why he was late. 
And, Correct. And That's what I thought they were going with. It's because he actually had to take the train or something to get from one city to the other. And then, and then he speeds off. And you're like, okay, so apparently the funeral <laughs> takes place after next week's episode. It's the same sort of thing that they did with the crossover to Supergirl, where that aired out of out of place, but also aired in such a way that they added it in, as you could say, right here is where that happens in the an episode of The Flash, but then they never mention it ever in the flash and i'm sorry if we're supposed to take the our actual barry from this i mean he has a moment this show he has a moment where you're supposed to get that that's what happened but yeah you're right well he says how long was i gone and then they start talking but there's no way he wouldn't have told cisco about the flying girl from another planet (laughs) that he met on, on another planet it was like hey i went to another earth uh, maybe we can figure out, like, instead of, hey, maybe this is another way that we can get to Earth 2, if we can figure out how to direct me, instead of it being an accident, or, you know, we... Right? But they already had it planned that they're going to have to use, like, Cisco in the breaches, and so they just, it just completely goes away, but if you've watched the other show, you're going, wait a second, he already knows a way to get to another Earth. That sort of bothered me, too, just because it felt like they already had this other stuff, you know, planned out. And then they had this chance to do this, but they didn't go back and film anything to add into that episode or a subsequent episode. And so some of the stuff with the the crossover stuff, it's like you should be able to plan that stuff out better and also know when stuff's happening. And the network should be able to air those episodes in a way that makes sense. I don't know. It it's all it's all confusing, but we'll move on to uh Arrow. Yeah, let's, let's move episode, on to complaining about the next one. <laughs> episode nineteen. Uh, Canary Cry. So Ray, what'd you think of Canary Cry? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Look. I don't know. I mean I got what they were doing with this episode. I just didn't think they were very successful at it. Um and now I'm thinking about it. Instead of the island flashbacks, we just got the Laurel flashbacks, right? In this episode? Yeah. We yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. The, the it's like you can't win, people. <laughs> At least there weren't that many. It was nice and short. Sure. Like, we have another year of flashbacks, and if they go to a sixth season, wouldn't this be where they would be flashing back to anyways? <laughs> is the, is around the time? I think they'd have to give up that, that <laughs> conceit once they go to six. Come on. Uh, I mean, maybe not. They could probably extend the time on the island to more than that, but <laughs> but there can't be that much that happens back at Star City that we wouldn't already know about. So I don't think, whatever. Yeah, this episode, I think I was supposed to be affected by it. I think I was supposed to feel sad about Laurel. It didn't really work for me. Um, for one thing, I, you know, it's playing kind of hard on the how he supposedly feels about Laurel, but everything else we've seen recently, like I I feel like the whole, you know, you are the one for me, whatever that Laurel told him kind of comes out of left field anyway, because I thought we'd moved beyond that. (laughs) So it didn't really work. It wasn't that affecting to me. And also it wasn't that affecting like the girl who I don't even quite understand. I know that her family was locked up in Damien Dark's whatever, 
Yeah, and they got I mean, killed I like and somehow they... she got out. Right. I like that the idea that, yes, consequences like that come back. Like, I, I do like when they make choices and, um, you know, later we see um, fallout from those choices that they made. That at the time, I mean, like, they made the right choice for the group of people, their people, their core people. But maybe they didn't fully think about everybody and they do kind of fail. Um so I like the complexity of that idea, although this execution was not great. <laughs> Poor te- Detective Lance. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't blame him. <laughs> I did like his refusal to believe that there's absolutely no way his daughters, like even his his ex-wife there, like, oh, they're not coming back. They always come back. Like, because it's ridiculous how these, like, whenever one of their kids dies, they seem to magically come back for some somehow yeah he's not wrong (laughs) i mean i I mean i guess i kind of give kudos to the show for playing that right like for at least addressing it instead of pretending like it doesn't exist like addressing the fact that oh we keep bringing them back so of course they believe it'll they'll come back hopefully they don't completely undo it by having her come back later (laughs) i wouldn't put it past them but i don't know i'm just i'm just overall i'm i don't know what it is but this season the Damien Dark story doesn't really work for me. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of what you were talking about before, Jason, where they're just kind of all over yeah, well, the place. Like there's a lack of cohesion or something. Well, some of it is the whole thing is like he kills Laurel or he at least stabs her and she stays alive for a little bit, but ultimately dies. But in that instant, he's gotten his ability back and then you hear like the cops are coming in or there's more cops or whatever. And so they decide to leave. And I'm just like, if he's gotten his ability back and he's right there, he's basically stopped everybody. How is it exactly that however many cops they have out there are going to be able to stop him? Or, you know, they obviously have some sort of plan to, uh, to, to get out, but why wouldn't you just wipe out the rest of them? Like right there. This is the type of stuff that bothers me in these type of shows is that they decide to, oh, wait, we better get out of here before, before what? Like, what were they worried about? Because we have about? four more episodes left. I know, but what were they, <laughs> what exactly was Damien Dark worried about staying around for like another four minutes to just kill everybody there? We have a full slate of 22 episodes. <laughs> he can't, I know. He can't complete his plan right that's, now. <laughs> that's where it starts to, to, to get annoying is because... Previously, we've had things where he started to take somebody out and then something happened for them to be able to get away or or, you know, somebody somebody did. something. Yeah, it would have it would be better if like if you killed her. But in an old I don't mean to say it like that, <laughs> it would be better if no, um, like I wouldn't be have a problem with him killing her so much as yes, if he had not killed her with his powers, if like he had to make a decision between sending a message and not having his powers at the moment. So, you know, I don't know. He had a gun, so he killed her to send a message. But he didn't have his powers yet. So there was still a reason why he didn't kill everybody. Like, why he didn't, at this moment in time, execute his plan to take over the city. Yeah, because then he, then he has them kill, like, a few people around there so that he can gain their strength. And then decides that, apparently, that's not enough strength to be able to deal with as many people are coming to raid the prisoner or something like that. And you're just like, 
Uh, I don't know. It's that type of stuff where you can see the machinations of the show. Like you said, well, we still have, you know, six more episodes after this, so we can't... So you get rid of him and you have a new <laughs> new villain for the next star. I don't know. It's just uh, some of that stuff gets gets annoying, especially over the course of a season where we've already seen them get away, but in ways that make sense. And then in a, this one is a way where it just like, well, we have to leave our heroes there to. Uh, and also like he's now off regaining full strength or something and is not around at all. They're like starting to execute whatever their plan is, but in hiding. Yeah. It feels like we'd almost need to know their plan. Like we need to know a little more about whatever they do in order to truly appreciate. I mean, I think the answer is that they don't, they haven't figured it out well enough. Right. (laughs) Um, The writers, but if they had figured it out well enough, we should know something a little more about him instead of being completely in the dark about what he's doing because it just does it in the dark, you guys. You shouldn't be in the dark about, about, about Damien Dark. <laughs> and speaking um, of in, in, in the dark, the th- one thing that really bugged me was at the funeral when he basically says, oh, she was uh, the Black Canary, like announcing this to everyone. And then like, how do people not like, oh, let's see, the Black Canary hangs out with Arrow. He could be Arrow. Like, like <laughs> the Black once Canary you know one of them, Arrow, you shouldn't be able to figure guy. out the whole group. <laughs> yeah, again, we go back to the whole secret identity thing. Yeah, well, we already yeah. have the whole thing that Dark and his wife, who's now the mayor, knows who all of them are and yes. and who, the, you know, who their real identities are. But for whatever reason, the show doesn't have them. Yeah, why isn't she outing him when she's calling for them to arrest the vigilantes? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It just uh, some of that, some of that stuff just doesn't. I I still enjoy, you know, like the you know the fight scenes and some of the stuff between the characters. You know, like you know John beating himself up about trusting his brother, and some of that stuff. You know, kind of worked. I think some of the the saying goodbye. Uh, to Laurel stuff worked except in it worked in the midst of a bunch of stuff that's not working so it made it not really work like it really should have I think it could have worked in you have failed the city a few more times in this episode because that really works well and they don't use it often enough well they've definitely I definitely say they failed I guess girl figure out the canary cry by the way well we did see her pop up at the funeral so i'm assuming she's going to pop up again i hope so because clearly she's pretty smart and she must have figured out their identities because she knew enough to know that laurel was dead well she she at least knew that laurel was something because she she was able to you know but i'm assuming that after somehow she escaped from where dark was holding her and her family that she's now been just like doing whatever she could to figure out like who people were so that she could show up at the hospital to steal that from, I guess that's <laughs> what I'm there. saying. She knows there. enough. She's, I'd she be could a little have been following and her. then she just happened to get killed and figured that was her chance. Just happened to cross this bag of stuff and was like, Oh, Hey, wait, Oh, that means that, Oh, they're the people that, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's. It seemed a little more planned than that. I mean, she was out there pretty quickly with a new canary cry. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, they did give her like 
being a super smart, you know, high school student or whatever. So I suppose that, uh, you know, she could figure out how to change it to be able to work uh, for, for somebody else or something like that. But, but the whole thing of how she knew to even be able to find them or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe we'll, we'll find some of that out later. Cause apparently she's definitely going to appear again. Otherwise why have her pop up at the, at the funeral there? I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff right now between the two shows that are not that are not working. And in, and if you're also watching Legends of Tomorrow, it is like a hat trick of not working that they've got going. So I don't know. That's enough of the Flash and Arrow, and we'll move on to the Blacklist, season three, episode twenty, the Artax Network, and. We'll keep it going. Ray, what did you think? (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where you were going to (laughs) go. Kyle had to do a lot of catch up. No, um, I did. I watched like six episodes this weekend. I thought this episode was pretty good. Uh, I mean, I I should say more than that because I've really been enjoying the show at the moment. So I shouldn't say that it was pretty good. Uh, I thought it was really good. Did you think this funeral worked better than the previous funeral you were talking about? Yes, I was there. Ironically, I was very affected by everything that was happening on the blacklist, even though I know that she is clearly still alive somewhere. (laughs) And she's going to be back on this show. I was still very much affected by it. (laughs) I was crying and everything because they all actually um, I actually was comparing it to how like maybe even how the season began where she was on the run and there was a little bit of strife between the team members where. Um, not that they weren't supporting, some weren't supporting her, just, you know, there was l- different levels of support. So to have moved from that point to this point where they're all very affected by her loss, um, by her, um, I guess her loss, whatever. And I guess it clarified some things too. Like we had talked previously what we thought was going on. And I think now it's pretty clear to me that, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Not Red? the husband. No, not Red. You know, the baby daddy. Oh my Tom. God. Tom. Sorry. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> that I don't know that Tom knows what's going on either, if she is out there somewhere, because he seems pretty lost and confused and not sure what he's doing, <laughs> which, as he should be. Like, I actually like that the show's doing. You know, he's usually pretty confident because, you know, he's usually in his element, but with the baby, he's just like, please, please call me in and have me do something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here taking care of this baby, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, he just needs to create a cover identity of a father. And yeah, exactly, and then he'd get it, right? Then he'll be able to <laughs> slip right into it easily. Um, I also liked the little parallel moment there where, like, you know, the doctor's asking him about the history of the baby as we're finding out about um, Elizabeth's grandfather. And so we know that there's actually somebody out there that knows her family history that could could help there. Uh, not sure how far they're going to go with the grandfather. But I liked the introduction of that whole storyline. I loved Aram coming there <laughs> and <laughs> calling in his debt to Red. Yeah. I, I, I also like Red going, how'd you... Oh, Dembe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> um, though I would have loved it if it had turned out that Aram just had some way to track it. Like, you know... <laughs> That in all the stuff he's done for Red, he's now gotten as smart as Red's network. Um, anyway, no, but I liked, I just liked that because I actually kind of like the weird relationship that Red and Aram have with each other anyway. 
because I don't think like, or even though Aram made it like I am basically blackmailing you into coming back, I think he's actually in his own way looking out for Red. You know what I mean? Like he knows how affected Red is by this. So he's trying to draw him back in. Which, so I liked the parallels there where he was also needing to be drawn back into the work, whatever. So I, there's just so many parts of the story that are working for me. Like they've really thought out and are, you know, take care with their characters and everything that's going on. Like, I don't, I don't know that I care so much about the actual overall story so much as I care about how these kind of characters react, act with each other, react with each other, whatever, you know what I mean? Interact. Yeah, see, I had the complete opposite reaction to you at, at these last two episodes. Because the previous episode, I just found so boring with Red in that cabin or wherever he was the whole time. And then this episode, again, I don't believe she's dead whatsoever. And so all this stuff to me is like... It well, I don't like, believe she's dead, but I believe they believe she's dead. So that's yeah, the that's, key that's element That's the problem I have. Like, it seems like no one doesn't think she's dead. Like, but what Red doesn't... Her coworkers don't. And so somebody, if she's not dead, somebody here would have to know something, especially Red. He knows everything. Like, so someone would have to know something. But I don't I don't believe for a minute that she's dead. But I also don't believe that no one would. Be, well, no let me one... backtrack and ask you this question. If we didn't know that she was pregnant and therefore probably on maternity leave. I didn't know she was really pregnant in real life. I I don't know any of the behind the uh, behind the scenes stuff. Other so than that, me, she's one of the leads. <laughs> yeah, just that she's one of the leads, and they wouldn't kill her off. That's my main thing. Well, granted, that's not not necessarily the case with <laughs> all shows, but in this one, I don't believe that she would be that they would get rid of her. Well, given the way that they started the show and a lot of what's been around the show and the whole what is the relationship? Why has red been watching over her and all that stuff? You know, why did he choose her? It does seem very strange that the series would go on without her, without her. And then if you, and then at some point finding out what these actual connections are, but then being like, so what she's dead. Uh, So it seems to, you know, really hurt some of the, the mystery aspect of the show. I was somewhere in the middle. I thought that it worked. I liked the last couple episodes. I liked that, you know, it, you know, the change up a little bit, not necessarily tracking somebody down, you know, every episode, although this one had uh, them working to try and track uh, down how, you know, how, how, whatever this group is, was being able to, you know, track Liz and, and be able to find people and stuff. And so I liked a lot of that stuff. I liked Aram at the funeral. I, I liked how, you know, everybody is affected by this, uh, how they're not letting other people take, <laughs> take control of doing this investigation. They're continuing to investigate themselves. Uh, you know, Aram trying to get red to come back and help uh, all of that stuff. Uh, I even like some of the stuff with, you know, with red and the grandfather, the only problem I had with those scenes is they're written exactly in the way that it still leaves open the possibility of Red being the father without everybody saying it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, I like the episode before last, I didn't love because of that. Like the way it's 
but this episode, he's having the conversation with her grandfather, and and how many times does he mention being a great grandfather now? You know, being a grandfather, or you know, if this was what was going to happen, I could have been her grandfather for thirty years. Yet nowhere in the conversation does, if he was actually her father, somewhere in that conversation that would have come up, (laughs) but it's specifically written like just perfectly so that it still makes sense, but yet leaves that little thing hanging. And that stuff bugs me because I start seeing the machinations of the show instead of just, you know, being able to get lost in the show. I see the show trying to maintain its trickery or you know maintain its secret but in a way that doesn't feel real because the conversation that they're having feels fake because people the you know ultimately he maybe he's not the father because that seems like the the easy reveal uh, or whatever you know like the thing that people guess from like the very first episode so like that but yet they're still writing things in such a way uh, to leave that mystery intact I think they're maybe trying to do multiple things here and that it does bug me. Like one, I think you are trying to keep, you're clearly trying to keep the mystery intact because if not, we would have an answer one way or the other by now. Like something would have, you know what I mean? And especially in this last run, a few episodes. And if yeah, she's really dead, like what's the point of keeping the mystery? Correct. Well, this is, I think that's why it bothers you because the only reason of keeping the mystery there is for us, the viewers, not for the characters themselves. Like it was one thing when you weren't telling Elizabeth, right? And so you, there was a secret and we just never, like every time she pushed, we never really saw. And just because the other people assume it, he doesn't really care what anybody else thinks. But when it becomes pretty obvious, because Elizabeth is no longer there, like the reason to keep it a secret is no longer there and you're still playing cat and mouse with us. Like it becomes very obvious that you're playing cat and mouse with us, the viewers, not with the characters on the show. And I can deal with you playing cat and mouse with the characters on the show, but I don't like it when you do it with us, the viewers, because then I lose. I don't, it's, it's about the point of view and the character who's telling me the story. Like I lose some of my trust in that person. Yeah. Because then, like I said, the, the conversation seems not real. Like these two people, right? Exactly. These, pe- these two people wouldn't have, right? Like you're only keeping that a secret from us, not from yeah. those two people would say it out loud. Cause they right? know, <laughs> like, obviously the grandfather knows red's connection, but yet talks in exactly just the right way to not to say that he was involved somehow and that he blames, you know, he blames him for Katarina, but also now for Masha and, you know, basically you've killed my whole family, but yet still keeps him around, lets him stay uh, and, and so you're like, what is the connection there and why? But yet, if these two people were actually having these conversations, it would have, like, th- those specific details would have probably come out. Because, like, like, you know, they're not hiding it from each other. They're only hiding it from us. And I hate that type of writing on a show. <laughs> I, maybe I'm the only one. It didn't bother me whatsoever. <laughs> Like, I never well, you were also about several it. episodes behind, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all I mean by that is clearly it's not as, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just watched it. It wasn't bugging me week after week after week. Yeah, and when it doesn't bug me consistently, it's only, it, it's, Jason's right. It, like, he's, it's only when it becomes very obvious that it's being done for my sake and not for the characters on the show. Like, it's one thing 
to be purposely speaking away because the characters on you're trying to keep something from somebody else in the room on the show. It's another thing when there's two people in a room and there's nobody else around that you would be keeping a secret from and you're still talking in that cagey way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it becomes like, okay, well, this doesn't feel real anymore and it just feels like you're trying to keep me out of the loop so that you can continue to play this game with us. And, and again, I go back to I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Are they trying to say that it doesn't really matter either way? But at this point, to me, it makes more sense that he's not her father. Like when I go back now, if they make him her father's, a lot of the things that are happening kind of here where they're playing the cat and mouse game will stop to make stop making sense as much for me. Even though his, the reaction he has to her and everything else are all I like I want him to be her father. But some of the stuff that's happening, I just think, well, will this stuff make sense if he turns out to be her? <laughs> I'm not sure it will, because wouldn't wouldn't what's like the grandfather be more understanding that he just lost his daughter? I, I mean, I don't know. But other than I mean, I do acknowledge that that is an issue. And I actually was waiting to find out like who the guy was because of this. Like, I wasn't quite sure at first if it was going to be his dad. <laughs> I mean, I was aware pretty quickly that that wasn't the case, but because they've been playing the cat and mouse game and you're just like, is this going to be the moment we find out? This yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's why I feel like I should go back and rewatch. I deleted it though. Cause I was also kind of bored with the previous episode, to be honest. I didn't hate it, but the previous uh, episode with the woman, whatever, it's supposed to be her mother. Right. Um, I'm assuming that that's what that is. Which means that Tom is wrong when he says, I think we're looking at, what was her name? Not Mariska. What's the other? Katarina. Katarina. Anyway, uh, I think that if I went back and rewatched that episode, I might be able to get clues as to what's really going on. And then I was like, yeah, but I deleted that episode because it was pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs) But once I realized that at the end, he's like sort of seeing the past i don't know what's really happening in that episode but um it's probably the key to everything yeah well i think in that episode he's still sort of in the you know the the opium den induced stupor uh, and he's still sort of hallucinating and thinking about things of the past and things of now and they kind of mesh together and you're so you're not quite correct you're not quite sure that's what i mean if he's if he's remembering something exactly correctly like what you know, is that? I mean, they make it seem since right, you can't they quite find trust the, it. They make it seem since they find the necklace that that is the place that apparently she walked into the ocean, you know. But like, was he actually there? You know, were they being chased by people at the time? Well, this is what I mean. Like, I kind of wish I I could go back and rewatch it, but I haven't yet. Um, I I would almost like to rewatch what she says about the guy she's talking, you know what I mean? When she's at the beach and she's upset and she's talking about another guy, I'd kind of like to rewatch that. Cause I'm guessing that she's actually talking about red in that situation. Well, I'm guessing that that, that if you looked at it that way, it would maybe make a little more sense. But again, I haven't gone back to re listen to it to find out if that's what's. Yeah. If you want more about that, go to the, uh, the blacklist exposed podcast, uh, their, th- their group, go to their group on Facebook and they've got, a couple of places where people have basically typed out the whole thing of like what they said okay. and they've like in those conversations and they've gone through and parsed through what they, what they believe. I won't do that because it'll spoil the show means. for me. 
and they just have. I encourage everybody else to do that, but I'm not doing yeah. it. I'm just saying, if you want to see like what was actually said and what people are thinking about what that may mean or whatever, they've got a whole. They've got a pretty good discussion on their Facebook group of of that whole discussion at dinner. You know, the over the uh, that where right. he was basically talking to himself, but and a lot of, a lot of that. So that's a uh, that's something there. That's enough of the blacklist, and we'll move on to the hundred. Uh, season three, episode thirteen. Join or die, and we'll keep the streak going. Ray, what did you think about Join or Die? <laughs> Damn it! I thought it was good. I mean, it was a little gruesome. The <sighs> I just have one question: Where exactly are they carrying all these little pills? Like, who has the giant bag of pills? Where Where is the right? Because now that they've taken, like, I get that they can have, like, a few hundred or whatever to take over, but now they've apparently taken over, like, all of Polis. Aren't there, like, a few thousand people there? Well, doesn't he say that there's still, what is the, the rejection rate? Like How many people don't want it? Yeah, like a 3% rejection rate, but they're basically. No, I thought it was higher than that. I think it was 3% that are refusing it or something. I don't know. But whatever it was, there's there's still lots and lots of people, and I kept going. In this episode, I kept going, where have they been carrying all these little pills to swallow? Well, where did they – I mean, did, weren't they just out of them over there on, at the ARC station? <laughs> um, not that – I mean, I know that they found whatever they needed to make more, right? Is that what was going on? But how did they mass produce the amount they needed? You're right. <laughs> how did they mass produce the amount they – I mean, I'm just hand-waving it at the moment, but I I don't disagree with you. The, the, the um, thing that bugs me more is why don't they just – like these people are uh, tied up to crosses. Why don't they just force-feed these pills to them? Is there some – like they have to take like it willingly or it doesn't work? Because it seems ridiculous. Like he can't move his hands. <laughs> They're nailed, literally nailed to a, to like the cross there. Like they could just shove this thing down his mouth. And isn't that exactly what they did with Abby? They forced her to take it? Well, they forced her to take it by saying they were going to do basically the same kind of the same way they'd got Kane to to take it by with Raven by saying they were going to do something to somebody else. And so, you know, she was going to let, you know, Raven die and bleed out. Okay, I couldn't remember. I thought they forced it on her. So maybe you're right. Maybe they have to take it themselves. Yeah, I don't Which know. That doesn't quite make sense to me, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that deal is about the why they have to like accept it or something, or it doesn't. Like, if you force it on somebody and they don't want it, does it not connect correctly or something? But how's it not forcing when you threaten them? <laughs> Eat this or die. Right? Yeah. Eat this or I'll kill your friend. Like, yeah, like what's not... the difference between the two? I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, what? Yeah, because after a while, you, could, you know, you could just be. You know, the old uh, holding people down, dropping it in their mouth and holding their nose until they swallow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, some of it, I guess, is just to bring some. You would think a a super smart AI might have a better plan (laughs) as to how to get people to to take it. But it does seem but it does seem that they want them to sort of in some way be willing to take it as opposed to it being, you know, jammed, jammed down them or something. Maybe it's the only way it'll work is if they, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense, but it also doesn't make sense. Why, why wouldn't you have threatened Abby in the first place before you even bothered to nail him to the cross? That's the other part where I was like, 
why did you go through the whole bloody nail him to the yeah. thing, lift him up thing without, why did you just threaten Abby in the first place? We already saw when she tried to get information out of him that they know that there's some sort of connection there. So why didn't they just, when that didn't work, why didn't they just go to the, because, you know, that part made sense because they're trying to, maybe they're trying to get some information and he's refused, but still you just go, why wouldn't you just force the pill? And then you would know what he knows. Yeah, like that's the. Yeah, I don't. I, to be honest, I don't actually think about these things while I'm watching the show. <laughs> yeah. But now that we're bringing them up, I'll, I'll be happy to tear them apart. But uh, <laughs> but I was See, that's all I can think of. Is, <laughs> all I can think of is why are you wasting your time nailing him to the cross? <laughs> Just shove this thing down his mouth, and you'll be done with it. Um, I did wonder, like, what was the. Besides being gruesome, what was the point of nailing him to the cross thing? I mean, other than echoing, like, the feel of, right, like, like of a religion, whatever. But I think we already kind of get that that's what's supposed to be, how we're supposed to be looking at it. So, I mean, it's not really that. It's more like a cult than it is. Because <laughs> they're not, as we've already seen, they're not, um, they're not quite aware what they're getting into when they take the thing anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it at, at first of, like you know, stealthily getting in, like getting to uh, the leader and getting her to take it and then getting her to tell her subjects and people just because of their society, they just fall in line. Right. And I get that at first, but like once you start and have, uh, once you start getting a bunch of people and people might start saying no now because they're seeing what's happening and that there's a change in people they knew and so maybe they would say no, but then there's enough people to subdue those people and, like Kyle said, force them to take it yeah. unless there's something about – like it doesn't work. If if they're if you jam it down their throat while they're saying no, 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 it, it doesn't work or something. I don't know. That's It does seem weird that they haven't addressed that because clearly they are indicating that that is the case. So it seems a little weird that they haven't – I don't. I can't remember if Allie has ever said it. See, now here's where here's where I didn't really care about. Yeah. Well, there is something about yeah. the, the about the them having free will or something like that. Sure, but they could have explained thing. it like a little better, and maybe they really did it, and I just kind of gloss over it because in the very beginning of Allie, I really wasn't as involved as invested in what was going on there. It has gotten a lot more interesting to me now. I'm more invested. <laughs> if, if only um, we could have had a couple of the writers on the show to ask them this week. <laughs> Um, and they may not like they may say it's not something like maybe it's coming up. Who knows? Because it's obviously standing out, right? That it's now that you're seeing it happen with a lot more people. I guess it would make you question it. Yeah, it made sense. I don't know. of the way they were doing it, like at Arcadia, you know, just slowly taking, you know, getting some people and then and getting the you right. know, the doctor to to do it. But then when they had the doctor, instead of having you know Raven like slice herself and and then her agreeing to do it so that she could save her. Why wouldn't you just like you could just force? Well, it, clearly that's like, what right I'm saying. There. Clearly, <laughs> they you can't force it. Yeah. So that's what I'm. It would be nice if they would explain why you can't force it, but okay, or at least show us them yeah. somebody forcing it and us seeing the you know what I mean what it means when they for. And maybe they've sort of explained it in there, and we just all yeah. don't quite get go. that they've explained it's the it. It's the question but. of the week. Write in and tell us why do you think that they're not forcing it on people? Have we missed something? Is there something in the show that's told us why they have to take it that way? Let us know. Feedback at tvtimes3.com. 
or in the show notes uh, in the comments. But yeah, that's I, I'd be interested to hear some uh, theories on that. But what did you think of the other side of the storyline with the other group uh, trying to find Luna? Yeah, trying to find Luna. I thought the pullback shot when we see that they're on an oil rig was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, especially since that's been part of the opening credits. It has been. Um, and, and then now it's it's part of the show, and so that was uh, that was cool. I mean, I I like that group together anyway. Like a, I think we've talked about this previously. How I was kind of waiting to get that core back together. <laughs> yeah, so I like that they're off and doing stuff, and I actually like that you know, like the core is back together, but they, and they're having to work together, and so they're working through their issues with each other. And well, I don't know if they're really working through their issues or just working <laughs> in spite of their issues with each other. Um, but still, I like how the core group is back together, and yet it's not. Of course, it's not what it was. So it's the dynamic has changed, and I like how they stick to. Everybody has, you know what I mean? Like they're everything, the consequences of what they've done have really affected um, how well they work together. And yet it's still, they do at least recognize that together they do seem to survive. So it seems to be their best bet. So I like that they're back together and working with each other best that they can. I, uh, I don't know that the, the stuff there was kind of weird, but I mean, I'm going along with it just to see how it goes. I liked Clark and Bellamy's talk there about, I don't know. She wasn't like forgiving him for what he did, but also pointing out that he's. He's not the only one that's trying to forgive himself. Or this Right. Well, the Octavia's like reaction isn't quite embedded in just fact. Like it's a little bit, there's an emotional thing there, which is what she was basically trying to tell him, right? Like she's not wrong in her anger at you, but she's also not completely right in her anger at you either. So that you're taking it all on as though she's right isn't necessarily. Um, but yes, the whole idea that we all have to forgive ourselves, for, like we all have to deal with this. So you aren't the only one, which I actually kind of like the symmetry of the fact that everybody who's there on this little side mission, and I think actually everybody in that group now that's together, um, including Monty and Raven, they've now all lost somebody significant to them. I'm not sure if you could really argue that with Raven, but everybody else has. So they're all kind of working on the same, you know what I mean? Like they're still kind of even in the sense of how they all, like the, the loss that they're all feeling at the moment seems to be kind of even. Um, not that I think that Bellamy, I don't, I don't know. Clark and Bellamy maybe are on the same scale as far as, you know, the things they've done. <laughs> Nobody else really is comparative to them to how many people they've managed to kill. So. Yeah. <laughs> not that Bellamy did all of the killing himself, but. I still haven't quite, I haven't worked past that. I do go back to, it was obviously very deliberate not to show him doing it so that it would be easier for those of us who are watching the show to not constantly be thinking about that when I see him, but I am still kind of thinking about his choices there. Um, anyway, I also really liked to go back to Polaris. I liked the, the stuff in the prison and I was just waiting for the moment for, um, Murphy. Oh my, Murphy. Thank you. I was like, it's not Monty. I knew it was an F. <laughs> For Murphy to stop her and say, we need to all work together. Um, not because he wants to save him, just because he recognizes that, you know, they're all in that prison together, and if they want to really escape and get away, they're going to have to work together. Clearly. 
I love um, Pike's reaction to that when he's smirking at him, like, and they ah, go float yourself. I, I learned it all on land. Like, <laughs> he wasn't going to give in and say that it was his lesson that taught him that. But. Right. Which, thank God. The one thing I thought was interesting, though, was we got a more definitive timeline with the flashback. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the flashback. <laughs> well, but I thought it was... I, I am ne- I've never been quite sure like exactly how much time's passed, but when they go, hey, this is six months ago, and six months ago was two weeks before they dropped them. So yeah, a lot happened in six months. They've <laughs> like, bar- you know they've barely been on the planet for five and a half months, and man, some stuff's gone down <laughs> in a short period of time. That is true. It was nice to see that. Yeah, I was thinking it was maybe a little longer uh, than that, but uh, it. It was, I did like that for the, at least giving me a definitive answer as to really how much time's gone by since they, since they dropped. So, so that, that was good. It was odd seeing Jasper with the long hair and goggles. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that from the, (laughs) from the pilot. (laughs) They had to try and put everybody back into uh, what they were before they dropped. Yeah. It was weird though that the, I (laughs) I don't know how I feel about the flashbacks because in one way I like, I mean, we, we did get those in the first season too. So it's not foreign to the idea of the show, but in some ways I like not really knowing too much, like not going back there too much. But the other thing that was odd to me is I was like, is that like what portion of the 99 people is in this class? Like did the others like go out of the classroom and a new group came in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We never, we never saw what the other two classes, <laughs> we never, we never saw anybody from the other two classes. It was just this class. Yeah, and did he have to do the same thing? Did he have to spark them to fight, to support each other in a fight situation? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that is what I was actually thinking in my head. Like, what? <laughs> is this just representative of... Um, and I think mostly I think it was because we... I mean, they specifically mentioned this is why we had to separate you and like, talking to Jasper, like, why they had to separate him and Monty. But I think it's what stood out to me was because we didn't see those same people, probably because they were not contracted to be in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you already have Monty not in the episode, so probably that meant he's not supposed to be in the episode at all. <laughs> anyway. But overall, I really liked it. I mean, I continue to love the show, so. I'm definitely interested to, I mean, when you see that big of a takeover uh, of of like Polis, but you have like this other group that's trying to stop the AI and how are they going to explain it to Luna and get her to accept it. But then they also have no idea how bad things have gotten in their travels to try and find Luna. They have no idea that it's gone from, you know, the people of Arcadia being taken over to now basically most of Polis is being taken over. Well, they have to suspect it a little bit because the people of Arcadia are were not at Arcadia when they got there. <laughs> so they have to suspect that they went somewhere, right? They may not realize they went to Polaris, yeah. and, but and what they well, they they know what they're probably trying to do as well, is trying to take over more people. Polis. And so they've been but they don't know they know that that's what they might be trying to do, but they don't know how much they've gotten accomplished. True. And I wonder how far they speaking of how many, how do they have so many pills? Once they take over Polis, how far out they go since we know that the 12 tribes that whatever, they don't, they're not all there at the, that area. They're all out in their own like areas. 
So how far out do they go? Do they send somebody out to there? Like, what will they be facing when they finally get back from the oil rigger? Yeah. <laughs> will everybody, well, you know, like kind of that same idea of like before where if you ran into them at all while you were out, um, you didn't know what you were getting into. Um, it could be scary because then Allie could see them no matter. <laughs> she doesn't even need the drones anymore. She could be anybody. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Yeah. The the only other thing I wanted to say about this is the other thing that I found interesting is that the hundred agents of Shield and Supergirl this season have all basically used the same big bad or going after like the same type of thing of trying to create like a group of people that are all working towards a thing. This is very you got to take a pill, but you almost become the same as like you become part of Myriad, which was Supergirl of trying to put everybody together towards one task. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has sort of the same thing happening with uh, the ancient bad guy that can take over in humans and and make them work for him. And and uh, I just found it interesting that there's three shows right now that are all doing a variation on like the same storyline over the course of the same season. I guess that's one of those things that they talk about anyway when the when ideas will come up and everybody will seem to have the same idea at once. <laughs> like that just must be something that's yeah, I, I kind of out there in our psyche at the moment. Yeah, I guess it, it, it must be or something because I just, I just found it interesting that, uh, that they're all sort of in that same – Maybe with the political climate, it's all these people <laughs> swarming to their, their uh, president of choice. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, the whole – well, it's the whole uh, group. It, it really, it's the ultimate uh, like socialist is everybody uh, everybody uh, working towards the the same thing but for no individual gain or whatever. But I don't know. I just, I just thought that was interesting. But we'll move on to uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Season 6, Episode 2, Home. And Ray, oh what did you think about this episode of Game of Thrones? <sighs> well, first of all, as we all knew. <laughs> what? I was shocked. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my gosh. Um, I won't even start there. Let me just start with freaking that man. Like, I... We'll just, We're talking about Ramsey, right? <laughs> yes. Sorry. I even, I, I'm so like... Ugh. <laughs> I just can't wait. Like, after Joffrey, he's clearly my next. Like, I can't wait for him to get his comeuppance. I'm not sure if he ever will or not. I guess the the best thing that would be ha- t- could happen is that his death would be quick and un, un not undignified, but, like, nobody noticed it, right? Because that would be the, the ultimate revenge on him. But, man, I knew where they were going, too, and I was just like, oh, this show... I, I yes, I was just waiting for him to say, "I am Lord Bolton." Like I, you knew that was coming when the women kept on asking, "Where's Lord Bolton? Where's Lord Bolton?" Yeah, well, I was actually kind of expecting him. Like, I'm glad they didn't go. I mean, not that feeding her and the baby to the dogs is much better, but <laughs> I really was waiting for the moment when she handed him the baby in the courtyard for him to do something. I was just like, "Oh my god, this is going to be awful," and then he did nothing, and I was like, "Oh." It's going to be worse. <laughs> um, and it was worse. So, oh, God, this show, man. I mean, if nothing else, I guess I can say 
the writers have uh, have definitely stuck to the style of the books. <laughs> they haven't pulled any punches now that they're kind of off on their own here. And uh, yes, all right, Jon Snow. Uh, not that all we got was that one moment there, so we don't really know how yet he's been affected. And I can't remember how much we've seen in the show itself versus what I've read in the books about when they resurrect people <laughs> or they, you know what I mean? Have we seen anyone show, get resurrected? In the, the, show? the one old, the one guy who was in charge of the group of people, the like earlier on, like season two, season three, he was in charge of the gang. It wasn't, they weren't thieves, but Oh, like the people who came upon, um, not Joffrey. What's his name? With the one one hand gone. I don't know why I have such difficulty, you guys. Oh, um, his father, uncle, Jamie. Yeah, his father, uncle, <laughs> Jamie. Thank you. His funkle. Like, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um. Anyway, there was the guy who was in charge of that gang of people of those gay. It, it was all guys. Um, he was a resurrected, and I thought they talked about him. Um, cause I thought he said every time, like they, cause he's been resurrected multiple times and I could have sworn they talked about it then that, you know, like when you get resurrected, you kind of come back a little different, but I don't know if we're going to see that in John or not, but I'm interested to see where they go with how John is affected by what just happened. <laughs> and I liked the little moment of, of the dire wolf, like knowing what was about to happen right before it did. Everybody else is going to be in for a surprise when they walk back in, but <laughs> They seem to give up a little too quickly. Right? Like, they all just, like, waited for one second and walked away. I was like, have you guys not seen The Princess Bride? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Anyway, so I'm glad that that is actually finally resolved so we can stop having the coy, I don't know what you're talking about with Jon Snow. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't read any articles since, but I just... Just the back and forth about not wanting to give up what was going on with Jon Snow when I think we all kind of knew that he was not gone completely. Um, I really loved the scene with Tyrion and the dragon. Oh, I really loved it. Um, I also loved his reaction at the end where he's like, if I ever... If I ever have an idea like this, just punch me in the face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, I thought he did. He held up pretty well there. And I loved that the dragon just like just like turned and presented him with the other chain. Like, okay, we'll undo this one. <laughs> I also like Tyrion's, I drink and I know things. Like that's, that's his purpose. It's, yes. Is <laughs> to drink and know things. I, I liked, I liked how Tom, Tommen, you know, the King. Well, he's a little older now, <laughs> but I liked that we're seeing a little more of him. I liked the, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I thought he was going to push a little further. Obviously, he's still not quite standing up to the priest guy in the demanding to see Marjorie area. But I think it'll be interesting to see how that's all going to unfold there now um, with Jamie back and um, Cersei and her soldier (laughs) clearly kind of taking back a little bit of the control. So, um I did like the guy's reaction, like, ooh, like they're breathing a sigh of relief when he walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we didn't have to fight him. Like, he actually, like, uh, listen. What did you think of the uh, flashbacks with Bran and uh, the Three-Eyed Raven going to uh, back 
you know, into the past and seeing his father as a child and a young Hodor. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I thought they were interesting. I'm just not sure how they fit yet. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure, there's more there, right? Is, are we going to start to get more of those? I assume we're going to find out what happened that turned Willis into Hodor. Now, at this point, they've opened up that, like, what actually happened to him. It never even occurred to me that he was ever different. So I'm interested now to find out what happened there. True. I assume that we're also, this is going to be our window into getting more information that we can't really get anywhere else because Ned's gone. And like all of the players who would really know the history of the family there, which with what's her face, who, you know, there's rumors about who John's mother, whose parentage is, whatever. Um, And if we'll, maybe start to get a little bit of that from this type of flashbacks, maybe from Bran being able to see. I don't know. Anyway. So what did you guys think? I just thought it was interesting that we actually got Bran back on screen. Before he's like a 20 year old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Talk about uh, timelines and things of how exactly things work on the show. But uh, that's the problem you have when you, have a younger character i mean it, it to some respect it's happening with the you know with aria and sansa too uh they're just they were already a little bit older and so they're able to to keep them not looking uh, quite as much but uh for bran he's obviously <laughs> like a foot taller than he was <laughs> the last time we saw him basically he's getting carter for hodor to carry him <laughs> yeah <laughs> But it uh, it was good, I guess, to finally have that part back on uh, where we may start to find out some more stuff and for his, uh, you know, training to continue. Like the one girl there is told, you know, he's not going to be here forever and he's going to need you when, you know, when they leave, when he leaves. And but I did like I did like the, uh, you know, the giant breaking down the gate and. <laughs> And basically doing like his best Hulk impersonation when the guy shot him with the arrow. <laughs> he just took him yeah. and, and slammed him into the wall and then threw him in front of the rest of the guys and then they all just drop they all just start dropping their their swords and stuff. That was pretty good. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought we got some after last week's you know, sort of like resetting the table and getting you back to letting you know where most people were. Uh, this one sort of uh, moved uh, some things forward a little bit. It showed the one guy that, uh, what is it, the, what's the the religious guy, the, what is it, the Sparrow, the, what is he? Yeah, the High, high yeah, Sparrow. The high sparrow. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, they have, like, some sort of a little army, <laughs> or, you know, like, that to be. Because yeah, you wonder, why and... wouldn't they just crush these people that are pretty much, the de facto king, like they're just really I thought the ones was, in charge. Yeah, I thought his little speech there was interesting about poor and you know this different people and stuff like that can rise up together and uh, you know and topple an empire. So it's like a whole nother thing to worry about, you know, and a whole nother group that has you know some sort of <laughs> some sort of claim on something or might be a problem at some point for somebody. But overall, I thought it was a, a solid episode that. Gave you some forward momentum and and obviously finally gave you the the Jon Snow resurrection. But like, <laughs> but like Ray said, we we don't know what exactly 
what kind of shape he's going to be in, like what exactly how if it's changed him or or how exactly that all works. So I suppose we'll find that out uh, going forward. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. the, the one problem the one problem the show has is there's so many different storylines. You pretty much get like five to seven minutes for each one. So you just get like a scene with one person. Like the whole Arya, her whole daredevil fight training seemed to go way too quick. It's like... Like, I expected this to get dragged on for a couple episodes, but they don't have, like, they only have her for five minutes each episode, so they pretty much had to resolve that. Well, they resolved it there, but I think that she goes into, like, full training now. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, it's sort of an interesting thing with the show in that when you tell larger pieces, when they've done episodes where they tell larger pieces and set in certain places, then it feels like sometimes you might go two or three episodes and be like, wait, what, what's going on with such and such? But this season so far, it almost seems like they are, they are just doing like, here, we're just going to give you a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. I like, I think I like sort of the hybrid where there's sort of one major thing going on, but they still sort of check in in a few different places. You don't feel like you completely lose track. Because that's what I yes. remember in the beginning, like in the first season and stuff like that, is I remember where you would be like, somebody would come back on screen and you'd be like, wait, who's that? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you, hadn't, you hadn't seen them in, in so long and it would take you uh, a while to, to figure that stuff out. So you know, I maybe they'll, they'll go away from that a little bit now that they've sort of, for the most part, checked back in with everybody now. Yeah, I would appreciate a couple of... I'm not sure which storyline I would pick, but I wouldn't mind like episodes focusing a little more like, you know, only having one or two or three stories instead of trying to get all of them in there now that we've got them all kind of on path. I mean, I think part of what drives me a little crazy about this show is that if you're really paying attention to the timing of things, (laughs) things don't quite work out. (laughs) Like things are not happening completely parallel because well, yeah, the stuff I, that's going on with Danny and stuff is all paced differently than the fact that we have John dead in the snow. And then, you know what I mean? Like where we pick up with things is a little different time wise. Well, we also <laughs> have things like at the end of last season, we have, you know, Sansa and what's his name jumping over the wall to escape. Yep. And then we pick up their escape not long after they've left but we also see Jamie and them just barely leaving by boat, leaving Dorne, right. and then <laughs> and arriving, and then they arrive in Dorne <laughs> in this episode. And you, but yet it's only maybe a few hours since they didn't show them kicking the motor in the back of the boat. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> well, it's the same thing with when we left. Like Danny was being surrounded by the horde of people, but by the time. One, the fact that um, whatchamacallit was able to catch up to that area. Um, Without a like, dragon to fly them there. <laughs> correct. They caught up and they had clearly, you know, <laughs> so you're just like, mm, okay, timing is all weird because not only that, and then you start with John being dead. <laughs> so yeah, like the timing's all kind of off. And I think I notice it less when they focus on one or two or three stories. And then the next episode focuses on other stories because I see less of the, immediate like where we stand on each one of those stories where I'm going, wait a minute, are we all on the same timeline? Or are we all? Yeah. 
we're sort of in the we're we're like in the future on the Lannister timeline, but we're still in the past right. on the Sansa Stark's ti- timeline. Which makes sense because I would think, like, just in this episode where they're talking about John being on the wall and being the commander of the wall, and how dare like if you try and go kill the commander of the wall, like it's it's kind of funny in a way actually. <laughs> they're having that. Um, the Boltons are ha- like Lord Bolton is saying that, right? As we know that they actually did, the people who are the uh, Night Watch actually did kill the commander. Um, but they're having that whole discussion where I'm like, they're like the closest people to the wall and they haven't gotten word that John is dead yet. Um, I mean, I know because John's thing is like, we're like in real time happening with John's thing, but because of the way. Sansa and them are escaping and everything else that's going on there. I'm just like, I don't know where our timelines match here. <laughs> so it's kind of weird how they, like the word hasn't gotten to them yet or anything. Anyway, it's my only thing with the show, I think. And it's just how they choose to play the show. Like I said, if they, if they only showed one or two or three, I mean, they wouldn't just do one, but if they showed like three stories, instead of trying to jam all of the stories into an episode, I think we would notice that a little less. Anyway, that's game of Thrones. That'll do it for prime time, and we'll move on to the TV recommendation segment. Are you going to start with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> First up, Ray, what is your recommendation? <laughs> I'm going to recommend that you listen to Jason and Kyle's recommendations. And I second that recommendation. And, <laughs> and then give you my recommendation, which is you might be surprised. It's not like I've ever recommended this before. I didn't think he even liked this. <laughs> but uh, Killjoy, season one. Uh, it hits Blu-ray and DVD on a Tuesday, May 10th. It's one of my favorite shows from last season. Definitely one of the more fun shows from last summer. And one of the shows that I recommended a lot leading up to its first season. Uh, but the second season premieres uh, Friday, July 1st. So there's plenty of time to either via DVD or Blu-ray or iTunes or some other way to get the episodes and watch them before the new season starts if you haven't watched it before it's space bounty hunters they're going after bad guys and there's a lot of cool fight scenes and uh it's just uh, and it's got it's got a little bit of that sense of humor that not everything sci-fi has to be so serious and so i very much like that this has while they are taking on some serious things and uh, there's some serious subject matter along with it they have a sense of humor about what they're doing and and how things are going and so Killjoy's season one that's my recommendation and uh kyle how about uh your recommendation i have something slightly different in tone <laughs> no pun intended uh, so... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to make it through this recommendation. Uh, before there was there were shows like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Gallivant, or Glee. There was a there was a short lived one season wonder known as Cop Rock. Uh, this uh, comes from Stephen Bochco, who did like Hill Street Blues, uh, Doogie Howser. Uh, L.A. Law, lots of shows in the 90s. Basically, on ABC, um, the show lasted for um, 11 episodes before it was uh, canceled (laughs) or pulled from the schedule. I don't even know if all of it aired. But it's the DVD comes out on May 17th of the entire series. 
Uh, I received it for a review, so I've been making my way through the episodes. It's very weird to watch a show that's 48 minutes per episode, where today that's like 41 minutes, if you're lucky, maybe, for an episode. But it, the, the show takes like a very serious cop approach, and then all of a sudden they'll break into song. And but the songs like further the plot more like what um, what uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend does or Gallivant does. And they're all original music in the in the first episode in the pilot. All of the songs were done by Randy Newman, who does the uh, who also does the theme song, which is now stuck in my head after watching just four <laughs> episodes of this. But like nowadays, we also have like the Berlanti verse and the Chicago universe. And in this, I haven't gotten to the episodes yet, but apparently there's episodes where like some L.A. law lawyers show up and like a Dewey Hazard character shows up uh, because they were filming at the same time. So they just have these people like show up in the background to, to make one giant universe. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see uh, those uh, crossovers and things, but I I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. Like, yeah, it's very bizarre at times. Like the songs, like they'll break into songs about like selling your baby off for drugs and uh, another, like just, it's a random mix of like all kinds of musical styles. But I mean, some of it's like really well, well-produced and well-written song. So I, I, I understand why it probably didn't succeed because people weren't ready for this stuff like this, but I think it's, it's definitely an interesting watch if you've never seen this show before. Um, and I'll eventually be posting a, a full review on no reruns.net once I make it through the other seven episodes. All right. That'll do it for our recommendations. Ray, do you want to change your recommendation on whether you should follow both mine and Kyle's <laughs> recommendation? Uh, I have no comment. <laughs> no, I'll, I could steal Ray's recommendation and add a second one because doesn't Dark Matter season one also come out? Oh no, is that's this show about Damien Dark? No, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not until June. I thought it came out the same day as the Killjoys, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was going to come out sometime around the same time too. But yeah, it doesn't come out for Dark Matter. Doesn't come out for a while. So, uh, spoiler alert: look for that recommendation in June. Um, <laughs> 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 All right. As always, you can find links to our recommendation as. Our recommendations, as well as the he's news already stories. just counting lines. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> as well as the news stories we talked about, uh, as well as where you can find myself, Kyle, and Ray online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com/slash/three-two-one, which is also where you can drop a note in the comments and tell us what you think about what's going down <laughs> on the hundred, and whether they have to accept it or why they can't just be forced to take the. Uh, the pill. And where they're doing mass production of the yes. and where do you think yeah, and where do you think the assembly line for the chips is uh, <laughs> is is happening? Uh, all that and more. Uh, drop those in the comments or at feedback at tvtimes3.com. And next week, Amory and I will be joined by Ivy West at Dorv on Twitter, and we'll be talking about some more TV next week. And uh, thank you, Kyle and Ray, for joining me this week. Anytime. And uh, thank you for listening.